Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Timeless is alive. Sports City, what is going on? The brunch is underway. We are officially in the middle of October. The fall classic is going on. I really love my area, the United States of America, because it just gets so beautiful outside. All these trees start turning colors. That fresh air out there, every time you go outside, it's like 67, maybe a crisp 51 degrees. You got to put a hoodie on, take a deep breath. This is your... I don't drink coffee. I, I think it's pretty nasty. But I drink my my cocos, my my hot apple cider stuff. I'm I'm a New England kid. I was born out here. I was I was born on the coast of, you know, the Atlantic Ocean, the Long Island Sound. People say you play from the Long Island Sound. That's the Atlantic Ocean, though. But still, I get it. I understand it. But we do have to get into the show. I got a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. Okay, we will get into this thing. This is a pandemonium type of day. We got some interesting matchups that take place today. I can't wait to get into a lot of this. Calling in by way of the Midwest region of the United States of America, we have Michael Harvey in the building. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning, my brother. I'm doing all right. Little mixed emotions, everything going on in the sporting world, but like you said, lots to get lots to get to today. So, uh, without further ado, but good morning, sir. Good morning to you. Um, there will be blood. I'm sorry that this has happened to you in the middle of the postseason, but we will have to discuss it. I'm sorry that this is going to happen today to some people. Um, and secondly, we have Mr. Knight in the building. Chandler, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? I'm good, just tired. 
Okay, we're we're gonna get you up in spirits. Believe me, I'm not gonna let this happen. I said I don't drink coffee, but I'm dark skinned. I am gonna make this a black cup of coffee right now as best as I possibly can. So these guys could actually sit back. I don't know if at least one of the events that I'm gonna discuss. I I know people may be up and down about. I'm up and down about it as well. But I'm gonna cruise as best as I can throughout this this region of the show and and get as best of this as I can. But Deontay, aka the Bronze Bomber, Wilder wins his matchup up against Robert Hellenius last night in a knockout. Um, I'm gonna say this for City, and I don't even want to be rude, but I kind of feel like I am. That did not surprise me. I I really felt like he was going to win that fight. I feel like this is. I don't want to say a tune-up because he's in shape. I just feel like the fighter wasn't his type of caliber of fighter. I think he was stronger than him, and that was going to end up happening if he connected. Um, Hellenius is a technical fighter, especially with the fights that he had actually pulled off uh, twice of against the the Polish guy out of Brooklyn in the the Barclays that he pulled off and beat him twice. Um, However, I think Deontay will actually be comfortable as long as Tyson Fury is not in front of him. So I want to see how this goes down as his future in boxing is still here until he ends up putting the gloves up. But right now he redeems himself after losing two back-to-back to Tyson Fury, wins this fight up against Robert Hulanius. Uh If you guys have seen or heard anything about it, I'll allow you guys to speak on it now and I can move into the next topic. But I did want to at least give his credit here because I at least was warming this up for the past week or two, uh, saying that Deontay will be back in the ring and he actually pulled this off last night on a Saturday evening. Mike, I'll come to you first. Your thoughts on Deontay Wilder's bout last night with Robert Hellenius. That's not what I expected. You know, you and I at the very end of last week's show talked about it and both said that we thought that uh, Wilder could get this done, and he did. So good for him moving forward. I look forward to seeing him uh, in other fights in this division and continuing his, uh, his career and trying to get back to that mountaintop. And uh, Chandler, I know me and you have talked in great length about Deontay Wilder trying to find himself. He ends up pulling this off last night. Uh, your thoughts on what you've seen or heard and, and how he moves into the future in the boxing world? Um, they'll try to act like he's now a contender for a title and all this other nonsense. Listen, he is still the same one-dimensional guy he's always been. Um I, I got I was never behind him because he was so one-dimensional and refused to try to actually learn the box. Um, and then when he became an excuse artist and blamed everything but the sun was in his eye for his losses, um, I totally divested myself of him. So, yeah, I expected him to beat somebody that he should have beat, but he is what he is. He's a one-dimensional fighter, and as long as you get, put somebody in front of him, who's going to allow him to throw that one punch that, you know, that, you know what I'm saying, then he can win. But you put him in there with someone who can actually fight, yeah, I've been out on Wilder, honestly, the entire time because he's still the same guy. After all, and everybody said, oh, he came to boxing late. I don't care how late you came to it, okay? The object is to get better. Where has he gotten better? He hasn't. He's still the same one-dimensional fighter. So, yeah, I'm not impressed because, you know what, you want to impress me, bro? Get better. And, and that's another thing is like, okay, so he's going to actually take care of the division as best as possible. I see that 
his threat would probably be Usyk. Uh, I don't know how long Fury's going to fight for because Fury keeps playing like he wants to retire or not. I don't think anybody's going to really press a Fury. I think he has this fight coming up against Joshua. Um, depending on how that fight goes, it, I, I more or less think Fury's going to win that fight. And if he wins that fight, I think he may end up retiring. But if Deontay goes on a run, whether you're going to fight him for the fourth time, I don't think anybody's going to want to see that after the first fight. Fury should have won. You needed a knockdown to help you get the draw. The second fight, he beat you. The third fight, he beat you. You go on a run right here to win some fights, to fight him for the fourth time to what? try to get the belt that he does have? Or I, I don't know how that's going to end up happening. So I want to see what Deontay is able to do. I think he the, the one fight that he could probably make like the redeemed tour look better if he does fight Usyk, but that's if Usyk wants to take that fight with him. I think Usyk wants bigger fish to fry while he has belts in heavyweight division, but at least this could actually stir some interesting discussion in the heavyweight division. We deserve it because I think the welterweight division has actually been carrying boxing the most or around the welterweight, like junior welterweight and, you know, lightweight where Lomachenko and all of them are. Like, But the heavyweight division has had – Tyson Fury sitting up there ever since, like, Klitschko bowed out. So now there's some interesting names up there to uh, give us some credit. But Deontay Wilder, um, he actually tried a new training situation. Uh, he's been actually trying to do the Mike Tyson bob and weave instead of just trying to sit back there and sway and stay tall and uh, get caught if, if you know, the boxer's tall enough to connect with them. So hopefully he is getting better like Chandler's looking for. I haven't really seen it. I just feel like that was just that looping punch that he's waiting to land, and it connected, and it got Robert knocked out last night. So, um, Deontay, this is your revenge tour. I'm not going to say, hurry up and just jump in there with Tyson Fury, because Tyson Fury, I still think he'll tear you up. But um, at least this is something that gets you to feel better for at least the next, what is it, it's October, at least for the next seven months, because I think you'll probably end up fighting either March, April, or May in the spring, because I think that's how they do a lot of it. It's like, spring and fall how a lot of them the big names in boxing try to fight so uh, i'm bravo bravo because i don't want you to continue to lose if, if it was somebody outside of tyson fury some somehow some way you're gonna have to like i, I want to be fair with you win like uh, two to four of your next fights in, in convincing form and if tyson is still boxing try to get the public to buy into that that's the only way i can see that happening I feel like I'm stretching for you. I, I'm, I'm stretching for you, Deontay, and, and I'm I'm a fan of boxing, and I, I give you your respect for the run that you had, but uh, you lost a lot of people. I'm, I'm just still a fan of boxing. I want to see it potentially happen. I don't know how many people are interested in seeing that happen again. Um, anything else you guys like to say before we do get away from this? Okay, the silence helps me. Okay, so this is going to get very interesting, Sports City, because um, – I'm going to be honest with you. I did not see this fall classic turning out like this. And um, this, this ain't even karma because I wasn't really talking junk. So, so karma, we, we could we could do this as best as we can. I'm out of your way. But I'm going to admit this. While I was in the green room before the show started with Chandler, um, one of these squads that are in the fall classic I thought was prime to win the World Series, not not get there. I, I didn't think that anybody was going to stop the machine, and it looked like John Henry beat the machine, you know? So uh, especially especially while this uh, John Henry had an injury, and not to say somebody was hurt, but, like, they were down. Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, facing the PED situation, 
suspended or or banned, however you look at it. The San Diego Padres, I'm going to admit right now, I am tipping my hat to you. I'm apologizing on air. I didn't even say it here. I didn't even say that the Dodgers was a clear-cut winner of the MLB World Series, so on and so forth. I didn't say that. But in my head, I was saying I don't think a team could stop the Dodgers. The Dodgers had so many wins this season that it just felt like they were running through everybody. I think the only way, and this is the way that the Padres did it too, you had to defeat their pitching. You had to. You had to, you had to somehow figure out their rotation, and they did it and stunning them, winning this series 3-1, to one, winning last night 5-3 to three in San Diego to get it wrapped up. I am stunned. I don't know about the rest of the public. I don't care about – well, I can't say I don't care. I don't know about the people here that are with me right now, but I am stunned that the Dodgers are off their feet. Chandler, I'll come to you first on this one. Your thoughts on the Dodgers losing and staying in California. They, they don't have to go too far. But San Diego is advancing. The Dodgers, the best team in baseball, are going home. Well, I'm not surprised at all. And and I'll say the Dodgers are the most talented team in baseball. I'm not going to say they're the best team in baseball. They're the most talented. They won the most games. I don't think they were ever the best team. Um, and that's because of their manager. The only reason they won that World Series, because think about this. Over the past eight seasons, the most talented team in baseball has been the Dodgers. And this is going back before Dave Roberts. It's going back to Don Mattingly. Look at those Don Mattingly Dodgers teams that never won anything, that kept losing when they shouldn't have. And then they just got better with Dave Roberts. They won the one World Series, one World Series, because Kevin Cash is a clown and pulled Blake Snell in that game. Okay? They don't win that World Series if Kevin Cash doesn't become a clown and lose his team. Okay? That team has underperformed criminally because they're so obsessed with analytics. They're so obsessed with analytics. They're so obsessed with analytics. He's pulling guys in the fifth inning, and, oh, we got to go to the bullpen. No, you don't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And no, you don't. You have pitchers who don't trust the fact that if I'm pitching well, no matter what, I'm still going to get pulled out of this game. You make it switches based on numbers when sometimes, dude, just watch the flow of the game. Just watch the flow of the game. You can get away with that in the regular season. You are not going to get away with it in the playoffs. San Diego, even without Tatis, was a better team because they were hungrier. They, they, they had a – listen, I'm not a Bob Melvin guy. Never really have been. Um, the Padres are all going to lose whoever they, they, whoever, to whoever they play next because – Bob Melvin is only going to get you so far. Um, his, you know, and this is going back to his Oakland days. So I'm not like no great, no great Bob Melvin guy. But if you look at the roster that he's working with, the Padres can beat you any way you want to play. You want to do pitching and defense, they can do that. You want to just slug, they can do that too. And Melvin is not going to play the numbers game. If he's got a pitcher that's throwing well, that dude gonna stand until his arm fall off. Okay, he ain't gonna keep running relievers out there and hope that every reliever is 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 on time that night because how often does it happen that you use five relievers and one of them don't give up runs? You know, you start Tony Gonsolin. You started Tony Gonsolin in the penultimate game. Tony Gonsolin, how'd that work out for you? No, man, miss me, miss me with 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 the Dodgers. 
Um, they are a great regular season team. They are built right now. They're built very much like that team in New York, where they're gonna they can get you close, and they get get you all excited, and then they're gonna fail because of poor management and they're too dependent on numbers. Listen, numbers are great. Baseball is built on numbers, but when you become a slave to them, a slave to them to the point where it's obvious that their cost that is costing you games, but you still continue to do it because which is the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, and this is what you get. You got the Seattle Mariners, uh, <laughs> uh, what was it, 2000 and whatever it was. I think it was 2001. Congratulations, yeah. Dodgers. You're the Seattle they Mariners. Were, right. Okay, you're the Seattle Mariners. You won a whole lot of regular season games and didn't even make the World Series. Bravo. I, I I love this because it's like I, I like the difference that we have that uh you know Chandler feels a certain way about it I feel differently about the Dodgers I feel like it was going to take a strong interesting team to beat them I did not think the Padres had enough to beat them especially I didn't feel like it was the Padres' time and looking at how the National League is playing regardless of how you're looking at it the unsung heroes are getting it done so like um. The Padres situation, I thought that they'd probably be a year away or two. With I wanted Tatis to get back, and then they come at these teams full strength, and then you have to deal with that offense. They're getting it done without him. If they can advance and get to the NLCS, and I feel like I'm jumping the gun going past this next series, this would be one incredible run. Well, I, I mean, well, the World Series, excuse me, because the NLCS is in front of them, if I'm not mistaken. So to get them to go to a World Series would be incredible to see San Diego get there. We haven't seen it since – the late Tony Gwynn got there, but that's a whole nother scenario. I, like I said, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm, I'm just, I'm entertained and I'm happy that somebody was able to knock off the Dodgers, even though I felt like the Dodgers were the stronger one. Mike, your thoughts, at least on this series, because I can't wait to start digging into a lot of these other ones on how the Dodgers fell short winning only one game in the middle of California. Don't worry. I got thoughts on the ball, but we'll start on the Dodgers. First of all, I mean, this team has won, has been to the postseason 10 straight times, uh, one ring to pull from it. It, it makes me think uh, a lot about the nineties Braves, how they were winning division titles year after year after year, uh, but only got it done once uh, in the postseason. This team I can confidently say has, has, really underperformed in the postseason for all the regular season success uh, that they have had. Now, uh, this year, the only game that you really pitched really well was game one with Julio Urias. Uh, you know, Gonsolin was like 16 and more in the regular season but was hurt. They kind of thought they would use him as an opener and just kind of throw a bunch of other arms. This team really missed Walker Bueller. Um, in the postseason as he was, you know, their, their young ace who, you know, had to go to the knife and get the Tommy John surgery. The one thing that I said about this team, about this Dodgers team, was <clears throat> I thought their pitching, their their pitching depth was going to tell off on them in this series. Uh, Tyler Anderson actually started and pitched pretty well yesterday. Uh, you know, they, the Padres had that five run, what was the sixth or seventh inning last night, that really – you know, swung this game. And honestly, like, yeah, I want to see Tatis back, but I'm not sure that Tatis, at least right now, isn't the third best player offensively on this on this team. Uh, you look at Soto and what he's done in his postseason success and Manny Machado's body of work, 
I mean, you spotted Tatis in there too. That makes him even more formidable. But this team has gotten production across the board from guys like Derrickson Profar and Trent Grisham, who was kind of up and down during the regular season, had a very good series. Uh, Blake Snell had a really good performance against this Dodgers team. You know, when I look at when I look at the Padres, man, they, you know, them and the Phillies both uh, were in question about whether or not they were going to make the playoffs, uh, even up through the last week of the season. Uh, they both had to kind of hold off Milwaukee, who was right there uh, at the very end of the regular season, too. So, um, listen, I feel like Bob Melvin didn't necessarily have the pieces that he needed to win a championship in Oakland and in some ways overachieved with that roster. I think that he's been a difference maker as far as helping this team get over the hump. This team, uh, Padres team underperformed last year. And look, when they first made the trade for Soto and Josh Bell uh, at the end of July, they really struggled for the first couple of weeks. And there were people talking about whether or not A.J. Preller was going to lose his job and there were going to be uh, some shakeups in the front office in San Diego. Well, newsflash, not now. Uh, this team has has, you know, made it to the National League Championship Series. Uh, they're trying to bid to only go to their third World Series ever. Like you said, uh, TP, the, the first two that they went to were 84 and 98, and they both had, uh, you know, Tony Gwynn was part of both of them. Uh, so this is the first time uh, that franchise is making a bid to go to the World Series without the late, great Tony Gwynn. Uh, but good for this organization, man, and Listen, their their bullpen. Those guys are throwing straight smoke coming out of that pen. Um, the difference in the game was that seventh inning. The Dodgers had guys on. Uh, they basically had two on, but nobody out, and they had a walk. And then they were able to. San Diego was able to wriggle out. I mean, they were able to get out of that inning. Uh, and minimize uh, the damage done. And then, you know, they came back in that next inning and put together that five-piece to uh, to basically eliminate them. So a big win for the Padres, uh, very disappointing for the Dodgers. And to be quite honest with you, I'm glad it happened because it's the only thing that made me feel a little better about baseball uh, last night that Freddie Freeman went home on the same day that my team did. So, uh there you go. I mean, listen, you got Please the... get out of that pot. Please get out of that pot. Please, I need you out okay. of that pot. I stick to okay. one food, please. I have a lot of stuff set up, especially around you. I'm trying to walk you into things. I don't want you to keep beating yourself up. We're going to get through this together. You just relax, you okay? I don't want you stealing too much of that thunder because, believe me, it's here. It's here. Okay, so the next situation that I do have, I don't even know which way. I'm going to get it out of the way. Okay, so the Astros had the most interesting game of the day yesterday, pulling this off against the Mariners. The Mariners are just so scrappy right now to make this so interesting. But nevertheless, the, the Astros sent the Mariners home, sweeping them 3 nothing, uh, uh in the series of wins, 3 nothing. This game was a one nothing game that went 18 innings. No, I hope you guys heard me like the legal age of when you're an adult. 18, they could buy cigarettes. Like like this is this is what happened in the middle of Washington. Uh, I'm going to give the Astros their credit. 
they are the other machine that I was thinking. I really I had them pegged that at least get to the ALCS. They're actually going there. So at least this team is not fool's gold. They're not, you know, letting people down on what they've seen this season. So the Astros are getting it done. You don't know what person is going to come and save the day. Um, Jordan has been actually putting interesting bats to ball for these guys, but it's either the pitching staff, the rotation, or somebody within the lineup that could just come up and get a hit and, you know, provide extra at-bats for the team. But the Astros are actually putting it together. And, um, Dusty, I got to tip my hat. A lot of people don't speak much on you. Dusty, you're getting it done in two different leagues and and been doing it multiple times with this Astro team. Um, But I want to see how you guys feel about it. Uh, Chandler, I'll come to you again on this one. Your thoughts on the Astros uh, pulling off this one nothing win in 18 in Washington. See, I've always loved Dusty Baker, going back to when he played with the Giants, when he played with the Dodgers. Um, But I can't root for Dusty Baker because he's managing Houston. So I want him to be successful, but at the same time I need him to fail because I need that franchise to fail. (laughs) Um, But trust me on this, Dusty doesn't get near the the credit he deserves. And it's funny because everybody wants to tell me about Buck Showalter. Dusty Baker's been doing it longer and better. I don't want to hear about Terry Francona when Dusty Baker's been doing it longer and better. Um, but, you know, his name never gets mentioned. Look at, look at the man's record. He's won everywhere he's been. He's won. They brought, him, they brought him into Houston basically to be a deodorizer for the stench, and all he's done is win, okay? But, um, listen, Scott Service should be fired. I'm sorry, because it's a direct result of your moves that, that you lost this series. Robbie Ray, really? Robbie Ray to Jordan Alvarez, really? Because that made sense. Um, And then you wound up still having to bring damn Robbie Ray in last night. Uh, Listen, I love that Seattle team. That team is going to be really good for a long time. They need a better manager. They really do. They need a better manager, but for now, we'll just give them their flowers. Um, they 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 played their tails off yesterday. Guys were out there just, I mean, throwing, pitching until until the arms fell off. That catch that um, Rodriguez made, I think it was in the 17th, where he basically went from left center to right center to run down the ball. That kid is special, special. Okay, I mean, special, special. Okay. Um, this is a really good young team. I just hope that they don't screw it up up there and they keep this team together and allow it to grow and and go through some of the growing pains. They're not ready to be the premier team in the West yet. I know that's where everybody's going to try to put them going the next season. They're not ready yet. There's still a couple of, they still got a couple of holes they need to fill. Most importantly in that, in that, um, starting rotation, Listen, they got nothing to be ashamed of, nothing, because a different bounce, one bloop, something going their way, and they easily could have swept Houston out of this uh, out of these playoffs. And it, honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had. I really thought Seattle was going to win this because I thought they matched up well with Houston. Um, they could basically, outside of, of Robbie Ray, they could go pitcher for pitcher. Uh, the kid Gilbert is a beast. Okay, that kid is a beast. So 
I'm not shocked that game with 18 innings, man. I'm really not. I just kept hoping it wouldn't come come down to the one lefty that that shouldn't have been there. But you know what? Give 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 Houston their their due too. The kid Pena, listen, you you let Correa walk and you bring in this kid Pena, uh, who's the son of Geronimo Pena, by the way, for us old old folks who know baseball. Um, that kid is the truth. That kid is the truth. And that shot he hit yesterday. Listen, it's not a whole lot of guys hitting that ball out there in Seattle. That that kid is the truth. So congratulations to him and Dusty, but screw the rest of Houston. But, yeah, that was such a great game, man. I had uh, one game on the TV, one game on the phone. That was a classic, classic baseball game. And uh, people say, oh, baseball's boring. If you watch that, ain't no way in hell you was bored because every inning was exciting. That was a really good game. No love for Verlander? You don't like anybody else? Jeez, this, this guy's screwed up on Verlander. I've hated wow. Verlander since he was in Detroit. Missed me with him. I didn't like him in Detroit either. He's a division rival of mine. So, like, I feel the type of way, too. But I try to – I leave Carmelo alone because I know he'll always be in my face somewhere or another where we got to play him. He just pitches phenomenal. It's like, no, I, I, I've had my fills with Verlander. Mike, uh, your thoughts on this situation where the Astros got into an 18-inning game and won this game, one nothing, a thriller in the middle of October? So, Dusty Baker, the guy I've always had a lot of respect for as well and said his name a lot of times. Um, <clears throat> you know, you, you mentioned Julio Rodriguez. Uh, listen, he got introduced to the national stage to people that uh, live on the East Coast and the casual fan that really didn't watch the Mariners during the regular season. Julio Rodriguez is a definite stud and is going to be around for a long time. This is a Mariners team that I thought did everything they needed to, to win game one. They actually jumped on Verlander early. Um, They did, they got ahead. Their bullpen kind of piecemealed it together. And then uh, things just kind of fell apart on them in the ninth inning. They gave up the home run to Alvarez. I thought it would break their back. Uh, they did win the, you know, the Astros won the next two games, but obviously as we see, they were both uh, really, really close. Uh, Chandler, you mentioned the starting rotation for the Mariners. Listen, Logan Gilbert's a beast. George Kirby's a young guy who's a beast and pitched really well. And then they got Louis Castillo from the Reds. And since he's come over, they've been able to ink him to an extension. You know, Robbie Ray is one year off of Cy Young. Right with uh, Toronto, and it just didn't, you know, didn't match up well. He's the guy that that gave up two of the three game winners uh, that made the difference in this series. So, uh, you know, I hope that kid, I hope that guy bounces back in the future. But uh, you know, that's a that's a tough postseason for him. Uh, this was a, you know, for it to be a three game sweep, this is a close series every game. Decided by one run. I'm happy to see that the longest uh, playoff drought in pro sports was broken this year. And we got Seattle, and they actually had a they actually had a home game. Um, so uh, I was impressed. Those fans got to got to be there, and and it's almost they got two games for the price of one going 18 innings, right? Um, but listen, Houston is. Houston is a complete team. They have a solid, solid starting rotation. So much so that you put 
I mean, you're moving a couple of guys who were very productive starters for this team um, into the bullpen just to keep them on the roster. Um, I was impressed with what Lance McCullers did, and you you got to be impressed with the pitching on both sides last night. Anytime you go 18 innings and you only score one total run, uh, pitching did its job across the board. I thought that you know Seattle was riding some momentum into this, having come back from seven down to beat Toronto, so they you know made some memories uh, for themselves in this postseason. This is a very young team. This is a team that looks like it has the pieces in place to be successful moving forward. They were close last year. They took another step this season, and then they won a wild card series. They fell short in this round, but I think the future is still bright for the team that represents the greater Northwest region of the United States. And as far as Houston, I mean, with everything else that's happened in baseball, they are the, I mean, the, I'd say pretty big favorite moving forward uh, to win the LCS and possibly even the the World Series favorite now. Um, And so for those of you that uh, want to root against them or, you know, want to see the the favorites fall, uh, this is the team that you root against the rest of the way. But Houston's where I expected them to be. Uh, It was an extremely competitive series. I would have liked to have seen the Mariners get a game. But still, Seattle has nothing to hang their heads about. Houston moves on. Yeah, and just like Chandler said, I see in the the future, uh, you know, Seattle causing a storm, especially in the West, while they're going to have to try and catch this Astro team. Uh, I think the Astros are going to try their best to try to stand pat, keep a lot of these players there until they start, like, declining in age and things of that nature. But um, Seattle's going to be there as long as they could, you know, muster up some wins and keep that morale around, especially with this game right here being a decider while the pitching from the bullpen all the way down with doing their thing to keep this as tight as they possibly can. I tip my hat. I'll give you guys a round of applause for making this interesting and pushing this as best as you could, even though they got swept uh, with the Houston Nationals, who were the, who are the best team in the American league at this point in time. Okay. So I have the two of you here. I don't know who to point the gun at right now, but boy, both of you are in some strange waters right now. Um, I'll have a little fun because i got to save the both of you for last on each of yours. I will start with you first, Mike. Your thoughts on what's going on in the state of Ohio. The Cleveland Guardians have now pushed this to a 2-1 lead up against uh, Murderer's Row, uh, the Bronx Bombers. I mean, I live out here. I'm 15 minutes from the Bronx. It's it's so close to me. Everybody in my life, everybody I've grown up with is either – uh, how do I do it? It's like 30, 70, 30% Mets, 70% Yankees out here. Like, like it's, it, it's that bad of a split out here, but it was quiet all yesterday out here after that ninth inning bases loaded hit. And this, this guy's been an unsung hero coming up with knocking in runs at the right time. He did it hitting right back up the middle and scoring two and pushing this to a, you know, a never say die situation for the Yankees. I'm going to be honest before you get going. I didn't see this coming. I thought Cleveland would lose this series. I think Cleveland could actually end this in their next matchup up against the Yankees. As as strong as that offense is, as many decent bats that they have through there outside of Judge. Judge is a given. Stanton is another given, but Stanton, it's just his injuries have been bothering him. But 
your thoughts on how the Guardians were able to pull this off down and coming up with a walk-off last night. Man, so Cleveland is the youngest team left in the playoffs by far. Um, this is a team that, listen, they, they they traded Lindor to the Mets. A lot of people are like, what are they going to do? This team's in trouble. They got back two pieces. Uh, they're starting shortstop and second baseman. Uh, came from the Mets organization in that trade. I mean, I would argue that uh, trading Lindor probably allowed this team to uh, allow them to kind of build this team within the, the budget restrictions that they have. You know, Oscar Gonzalez coming up big two weekends in a row, right? He hits a game winner against uh, Tampa in the wild card, and then now he comes up with a big hit in the ninth inning. Listen, the Yankees were one out away from going up 2-1. This is a Cleveland team that has always been able to pitch. We talked about that pitching rotation with Beaver and, and – Please act who struggle, but but uh, Cal Quantrill and uh, those guys in this in that rotation they they've had a a really really good season. This is a Cleveland team that started really slow, and it kind of uh, you know just slowly slowly crept up in that division, and then down the stretch, man, they just handled everybody that was you know competing with them for the division um, and separated themselves. Uh, in the month of September. They played the teams that were right there next to them in the standings and took care of them. Uh, This Yankees team, you know, the the one thing about them has been their pitching depth that we've questioned. They traded Jordan Montgomery late in the season. Uh, Walter Chuck went to the A's. They they traded guys that could be uh, potential starters for them. For a guy like Harrison Bader, who hit the home run for them, earlier in the series, but this was a huge win for Cleveland last night. I mean, just think about the fact that the Yankees can come back with their ace today and Cole, and they're going to have to. He pitched really well in game one. Uh, you gave him all this money. You gave him $324 million over nine years, so basically $36 million a year to be your ace, to be your stopper, to be your guy that uh, that you can count on in the postseason. Um, he dropped the ball for them last year in the wild card. He pitched well in game one. Well, tonight he's got to do it again uh, for them to have a chance to go back to the Bronx and win the series. Uh, Cleveland is playing with house money. I thought Cleveland had a really cha- uh, chance to really win this series, though, because I thought maybe their pitching was going to be uh, deeper than the Yankees. Uh, we will see. But uh, – a nice performance from Cleveland yesterday. They kind of got off the deck and did what they had to do. Um, Yankees are in trouble. They better win today. And then even if they do, we'll see tomorrow because it's going to uh, truly be a test of attrition when it comes to uh, we're going to challenge the depth of these pitching staffs. Not having having that extra rainout day means you've got to play four days straight, uh, traveling between <laughs> each city with, with two uh, travels built in there. So, um, listen, it's uh, the Yankees are behind the eight ball now. They've they've got some work to do to be able to advance to the next round. But I mean, all you can do is tip your hat to the Cleveland Guardians. Okay, um, Sports City. I um, I mean, I I, I cook. Y'all know I cook. Like I I cook with Sazon. Like that smell just goes out in the atmosphere. People love the, the way that it smells. So now, you know, I, I live in a tri-state. I'm 
I'm in the bottom southwest region of Connecticut. I'm like I said, I'm 15 minutes from the Bronx. And oh, Nelly, do they smell what I'm cooking? Like my eyebrow is up. So we we got a little bit of New York here. A couple of people that have been in my life my entire life. One of them y'all know so well around here. We have Barry the villain here. Barry, welcome to the brunch this morning. How are you feeling? Can you hear me? Barry, you may be <laughs> muted. You might have muted yourself. This this is how bad it started. Can anybody yeah, hear me? See, is it, see, is it this me? is how depressed I am, Tiki. I couldn't even take okay, breath. Okay, I listen okay, to my my okay. is so depressed right now. That long, long talk about my team just had. I was I was energetic, and then he just went in, and I'm like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, what a depressing night last night. Okay, okay. Well, we 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 got everybody. I want to want everybody now that this thing is filling up because uh, we have people here <laughs> that are diehard Yankee fans today. So this is this part is going to get ugly. I, I want to do this as best as I can. So Barry, you do have people behind you. Uh, I want you to spill into how the AL Central is threatening the AL East. Yeah, listen. Like I'll keep it like the Jizza. You know, keep it brief, son. Half you know, half so quite strong. But listen, um, first of all, the Dodgers and the Braves, those look like teams that took a five-week break. Like, a, you know, like Dodgers took a five-week break because they haven't played meaningful baseball since, I don't know, J- July, August. So you can see, like, that team just had not played meaningful baseball. And then they took that week off, right? And the, and the Braves were hot down the stretch, took a week off. I think the buys kind of messed with them a little bit. So I'm glad next year the buy is kind of going away with the seven – team playoff kind of thing that they're kind of formulating or however they're going to do it. So, um, and you can see it kind of, it's messing with the Yankees a little bit. First of all, Boone kind of dropped the ball in this game. Um, I, I thought, I, I didn't think Seriano had it. Uh, uh, I, I mean, not sorry, uh, Luis, uh, I didn't think he had it, right? The first two innings he threw like 50 pitches, right? Sevy was like, he's just all over the place. But then he settled down. And then you get to the sixth inning, he took him out. I get it with one runner getting on. That was probably his hook. But I thought he, could, he had enough to get another out or two. Then using Loisica. I didn't think Loisica should have came in when he did. Peralta, he took him out. I thought he was maybe a little gassed. But when you took Peralta out, why aren't you bringing your closer in? If he's available, he's available. Why isn't he in the game? You go to Schmidt, that's like your, your sixth best reliever. That was a mistake. That, that you know, I don't care what you're you, – you, Boone comes out and says, he, like, uh, Clay Holmes is available, but he, was, he, he wasn't available. Then which one is it? It's just like Chandler says with this analytical crap. It's garbage. You need to have a feel. Put the kid out there. Put him out there. He's your best closer. Get the two outs. If he can't get two outs, then he don't need to be on the playoff roster. That was one thing. They're not hitting as well. Judge got the massive home run, but outside of that, he hasn't really done much. They finally dropped him out of the leadoff spot, which is a joke. But it, the, the lineup as a whole isn't hitting. And the Guardians, like I said before, when we talked on the Callers Cookout TP, crappy team. They're not an easy win, and you can see it. They, they, they have some good pitching. Their bullpen is as good as anybody's. They don't hit as well, but in the playoffs, in the heightened situation like this, Especially with the Yankees, their pitching isn't isn't as good as it should be. Um, 
they're make they're getting they're getting the timely hits and they're getting it when it counts. And you know what? There's a lot of things that can go into with this team. They need to make adjustments. Um, Cabrera needs to be out of left field. Put him at third base. Donaldson needs to be out of here. Don't put him in the field anymore. Um, Cabrera's just not an outfielder. He should have had that pop up in the ninth. It's just a lot of things. But the Yankees are shooting themselves in the foot. Typical Yankees. Um. In the words of a very famous actor that I grew up watching a lot of his movies, his name is Thomas Hanks. Are, are you crying? Are you crying? There, there's no crying in there's baseball. There's no crying in baseball. There's, there's, there's no crying. crying in baseball. It's real. There's no, there's it's no real. crying in baseball. There's none. There's no crying in baseball. I'm sorry. So there's, there's, it's loaded. I'm sorry that this is happening to you. But I, listen, in the words of Barry Jordan, a.k.a. the villain, these words. See, the villain's not crying. It's, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. I'm just trying to do this here. New York is in the building. I'm not talking about many people. There's a lot of New Yorkers that just called in today. I got, I got a couple people here. Haters. Calling in by way of, well, well, he's in Connecticut. Don't call me a hater. It's Sunday. Church. Go to church. Get, receive Jesus. Listen, I'm we have Mr. Heidi. Excuse me. Excuse me. We have Mr. Heidi in the building. David, welcome. How are you feeling this morning? Oh, you might be on mute, I mean, too. I mean, David, can you hear me? You, you, everybody mute when they say, David, can you hear me? 917 That's why. They, hey, no problem. I, I can continue. People, people may be hurting. I, I get it. If, if his hand is raised, I'll I let him in. Hey, I, I did what I can. Okay, so Chandler is another guy out of New York City. He's from New York City. This guy, is, he is New York. So, Mr. Knight, your thoughts on what's going on with the Yankees? I know I'm I'm gonna be honest. They do have the strength to push this to five. They do have the bats that can make this happen. I actually see what Barry's saying because I seen it last season with Donaldson being a part of the Twins and being sent there, and just knowing that aura around him. Like he when he's on, he can hit, but when he's off, it's like get out of here. So it's like I, that's the true laugh that I have. It's not at the Yankees because they still are a dominant team at the end of the day. They still could put runs up, but. What befuddles me is, like, how they dominate the Twins, but everybody else can figure them out across the board. One way or another, it's like team could just stub their toe, get the Yankees out of here, and then they'll just leave it to Cashman to answer questions in the offseason. It's somewhat bothersome because they spend so much money in the right area of the offense, but what about your pitching? What about the defense? What about these blunders? What about the pop-up that Barry's talking about? This stuff is happening to the Yankees. Crim de la creme of the MLB. Um Chandler, your thoughts on how things are going down? I, I know they can get it together, but here is something that I want all of you Yankee fans here to be cautious about. You guys have seen it. Garrett Cole can let you down. I just want y'all to be aware of that. Garrett Cole can stub his toe, too, just, just so you guys are aware of this. But, Chandler, I'll let you speak on the Yankees of what's going on. Well, they don't spend the money in the right areas, but that's a conversation for another day. This ain't about pitching. Clark Schmidt was the right guy to bring in because has anybody watched Clay Holmes pitch? He's not the best close. He's not the, first of all, he's not a closer, and secondly, he's not the best reliever in that bullpen. He's not right now. That first half of the season was just that. The first half of the season. Stop telling me about he was an All Star, and look at how he's pitched since the All Star game. He is extremely inconsistent. That was the one thing Boone did right. Yes, it was not bringing him in. Um, 
listen, Schmidt has some soft contact. And the fact of the matter is they scored enough runs to win. This is not about pitching. This is about Isaiah kiner Falefa, who has cost the Yankees two playoff games. Yep. That's the problem. Okay? You got a shortstop who constantly pats the ball because he doesn't have the arm strength, so he has to load up. And in two games, his misplays have cost the Yankees the game. Three runs don't score. Three runs do not score if you have Cabrera or Peraza, who should have been on the roster, at shortstop. Okay? I don't have a problem. Donaldson is one of the best defensive third basemen in the game. I can live with I can live without his bat right now. I can live without his bat because we have enough offense. Okay? I need people who can catch the damn ball and throw the ball. The problem is shorts. The problem is they refuse to take this kid out. Listen, Isaiah Kainer-Falefa is a really nice kid, okay? He won a gold glove at third base, not shortstop. You say, well, you say he got an arm strength. At third base, the ball gets on you quicker, which actually gives you an extra beat to throw the ball. So you can make up for the lack of arm strength because you can take the extra beat to pack the ball and load up. Anybody play baseball knows that. Okay, you don't have to have a strong arm. Now, well, some throws you do, but you give, your shortstop typically has the strongest arm of any infielder, better than your third baseman. Because third base gets a lot of hot smashes, which means what? I have the ball quicker than the runners getting down the line unless I got a blazer, so I actually have more time to load up and throw. Kinda Falef is not a shortstop. He's a third baseman. He's a third baseman. Look at the balls that he misplayed yesterday that directly led to runs. Without that, they win the game. Period, end of story. They win the game. Oh, and, of course, the defensive shift against what your pitcher throws. Because you got a pitcher who throws breaking balls and change-ups, which you're normally going to get hit the other way, but you shift away from that. But we, And, again, analytics, because what the numbers should. I didn't have a problem with him bringing in Clark Schmidt. Although once the Indians got the three runs, I kind of figured we were going to blow this game. I love the fact that Severino gutted it out. We have enough pitching. By the way, Garrett Cole shouldn't be pitching today. They should, he should be pitching game five. I would have started Domingo Herman and had a two bullpen game. All hands on deck. Because everybody, everybody likes to criticize Herman, but all he's done since his first start after coming off the injured list is give up three runs or less in every single game. Everyone, he has been one of their best pitchers in the month of August, September. And all you got to do is look at the numbers. But because people don't like him, they're like, oh, he's terrible. No, he's not, actually. Because, see, now tomorrow you're going to have to use Herman and everybody else. So why not do it today, win the game today, and save your best for game five? But the bottom line is the Yankees have lost two games in this series, not because of pitching, but the pitching, the starting pitching, the starting pitching has not given up more than three runs in any game. The defense has failed them, specifically Isaiah Kiner falefa Now, what I would have done was I would have put Cabrera in short, not because he's not a good left fielder. You know what? He's a rookie left fielder. I watched Aaron Hicks butcher balls all year. 
I watched Aaron Hicks butcher and not hustle for balls in left field all season. At least Cabrera's given me effort. But what I would have done yesterday was I would have had Cabrera at short, not third, short. My best defensive infield is Rizzo, Torres, Cabrera, Donaldson, and I would have put Matt Carpenter's slow, broken foot behind in for five to six innings in left field, and then I would replace him with LeCastro. Why is LeCastro on the roster if you're not going to use him as a defensive replacement? You're not going to use Aaron Hicks. Why is he on the roster? You're not going to use Marvin Gonzalez. Why the hell is he on the roster? You got guys on this roster who are on this roster because they don't want to hurt people's feelings. Okay? Aaron Hicks is not going to play one damn inning. Why is he on this roster? Marvin Gonzalez is not going to play one inning. Why is he on this roster? When you had Peraza, who was an actual shortstop, who could have been a defensive replacement, who could have been starting, once again, you got more than enough bats. He said, oh, we, we, you don't hit home runs. I don't need everybody to hit home runs. I need to catch the damn ball. It's the playoffs. Catch the damn ball. Give me my best defenders when I need them. The starting pitching, I will say this again, has been fine. The fact that Clay, Clay Holmes was in the game tells you that Clay Holmes can't be trusted. And if you've been watching for the past month and a half, you know he can't be trusted in pressure situations right now. I don't care what he did in the first half. What is he doing now? Right now, the pressure is getting to him. I'm not putting him in in that game. I'm bringing in Clark Schmidt, who I'm not for nothing. Without except for for poor alignment, gets out of the inning. Sometimes soft contact is just that. It is what it is. Gonzalez's ball was a hit up the middle. It wasn't no. It wasn't no. Oh, he he, he rope. He hit a rope in the. No, no, no. It's a ground ball up the middle. It happens. It's baseball. Okay, you can't direct where it goes. Isaiah Connor Isaiah Connor has cost the Yankees two games because Aaron Boone remembers when he got buried by Joe Torre when he was a player, and has done his best to not bury players, which has hurt this roster along with Ryan Cashman's over reliance on analytics. Because if the Yankees could self-scout, which they don't, they wouldn't have had to trade for Donaldson or Conifalefa because they would have known that Cabrera and Peraza were ready. Why would you trade for Donaldson and Conifalefa when you had two gold-glove-level defenders in your system except you can't self-scout and you didn't even damn know it? This, this is, man, this ain't on the pitching. That's all I'm going to say. It's not on the pitching channel, but listen, here's where, here's where I'm going to go back at you. I, I, I agree, Clay Holmes can't be trusted, but why is he there then? If you're telling people at the, at the press conference that he's available, then why aren't you using him? And it's like, Cabrera's not a left fielder. Why do you have LaCastro on the bench in the ninth inning? You, in the ninth inning, you should be putting your best defenders out there. Cabrera, I love him. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be on the on the team next year, no question about it. But in the ninth inning, you can take him out. You can take his bat out in the ninth inning to get the out. That's a ball he should have had as a left fielder. He's not a left fielder. He's only played there four times before this season. He's not an outfielder. That's what that's what I mean. It's on Boone. 
Boone made mm-hmm. bad decisions in the ninth inning. Boone, it's not kind of for Leffert's fault that we're down 2-1. It's Boone's fault to put him in that position that we're down 2-1. It's Boone's fault that he has these guys on the bench. He has Hicks, who's not even going to play. You had Hicks. You had a chance to put Hicks in game two. You didn't put him in. Why is he on the roster? Why? Because Ben Attendee's hurt. Okay, fine. Ben Attendee's getting ready to get. We're not make. We're not going to make it to the next round if we don't. We don't win these games. Ben Attendee's going to be there. Hicks isn't going to be on the roster. But why is Hicks there then? That's what I'm, it's. It's a joke. Why is Carpenter on the roster if he's not playing? He shouldn't be there then. Like, it's all on Boone and these stupid analytics, not using your freaking brain. You, you, come on, man. Give me a break. If Carpenter's there, play him. That's what I, that's what I mean. That's why it's on Boone. It's on Boone and Cashman. Cashman is a, is a de facto coach with his stupid analytics. It's his fault. Totally agree. Okay, everybody, there's more New Yorkers here. I want you guys all to know that there are people in line because they smell what Timeless is cooking. I have Ron in the building from Messiah 2K Show. Ron, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? In the words of young Dolph Chandler, preach, preach. Let me tell you something. Let me give you boys a history lesson. I sat there as a kid at 9-5 and watched, and watched Edgar Martinez hit over 500 against that Yankee team. I dealt with that. This is the Cleveland Guardians, not the Indians with Manny and old boys and Albert Bell who we beat in the playoffs, okay? Facts. Like you said. Facts. I'm like, come on. Do I got to hear some? That blue ball remind me of Gonzalez against the Diamondbacks with, with Mo Rivera. I sat there. I sat there and watched this. This team is gutsy. But, not nah, you can't put Carp out in right field. Come on, stop. But with the adjustments on the move, and you letting rookies, rookies, who's going to be rookies next year? I said I didn't call in all summer. Houston, you want to tell me Houston, who's lost guys, Carrera, Swinger, and gotten stronger? They gotten stronger. Where's Frankie Frankie Montez at? You make these trades at the deadline. Where are these guys at? Oh, he's yeah, doing a rehab know. start, Ron. He's doing rehab starts, getting ready for the next oh. round that we're not going to freaking make. We're not going to make it. I mean, some 90s Yankee teams, they had guys they brought off the bench who could get the job done. Whether it be Victor, you know, I'm a little brain skeptic. You had guys who would come off the bench who knew it was their job. You don't have no guys mm-hmm. who come off the bench who's that, who, who's that, guy, that defensive specialist. I I know I go in the safety game. They don't have no specialists. And as far as Smith, like you can't even blame Smith because somebody decided I'm gonna just skip a workout <laughs> before the playoffs. That's why I get on Chapman because Chapman was not supposed to be trusted, and you brought him back. You brought him back. You were supposed Chapman to get back. a tattoo in the middle of the season. Get a tattoo in the middle of the season, Ronnie. Like like like, come on. Let's watch this. And I'm not one of these Yankee fans to scream, Cashman, Cashman, but like I said, self-evaluation. Any other organization would have brought in their best two prospects with gloves. You you held on to Gary Sanchez for too long. <laughs> then you get rid of Gio, and I didn't like getting rid of Gio because his glove is great, and, he, and in, in the off season, I mean in the uh, postseason, what type of hits get it done? 
short contact swings, as you clearly see with the leadoff hitter with the Guardians. Short contact swings. I thought the Yankees always had too many guys with the same swing. Whether it be, you can't have uh, Judd backed up by Stanton, followed by Rizzo. The swings are too long. You need contact hitters. So I sat there and I, you know, there's some been some brutal losses in the past. This watching our rookies, what's it, Francisco Cabrera from from '91, with the Braves reincarnated. Re, re, re that, that's how the to watch. The sixth one watch. But listen, I, I ain't gonna break up the NFL. I, I, I mean, if the Jets and the Giants gotta carry this this month, New York City. Oh god. <laughs> I, I, Hold on, hold on, hand out of my pot, hand out of my pot. You're, you're going way too far. You said you wanted stats on. You're going into other sports. I have it all constructed. You have to get your stuff out, and that's it. I understand that you guys are here as a Yankee retreat. You guys are all crying on my shoulder. I can't brace all of these tears. I'm sorry that these tears are falling crying, off of your face. Excuse me. In the words, excuse me, excuse me. In the words of Sean Carter, aka Jay Z, I don't see him coming down my eye, but I gotta watch y'all cry. So, so on on that note. Y'all got to redeem yourselves today. Garrett Cole has to save the day. And, oh, yes, this Indian team actually knows Cole, too. So so this is going to be interesting. Oh, or the Guardians, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. So that was tasteless. I apologize. But the Guardians have been doing it. They have been finding an interesting name. They went and stole that in the Bronx to make this an interesting one in Ohio. If they can clean the Yankees out right now, I want to see the mayhem that happens this offseason I don't know who gets moved, but I know a head will roll. And just like Barry's been saying, it may be Donaldson first. I know Hicks will be on the first thing smoking, whether it's the subway train, Metro North. I don't know what it is, but he's out of there next. There's going to be a lot of heads rolling if New York don't get out of this round right here. But nevertheless, we got a full show in front of us. Y'all buckle up. This is going to be great. Um, And then (laughs) this – this is this is just this is a wild day baseball. I'm, I'm trying. I gotta I gotta try to do my best to get through college and NFL. And I didn't even get to the Braves yet. The Braves lost. They're out of here. And just like I said earlier, portion of the baseball situation, I was looking at this situation for the Phillies. I didn't think the Phillies would be as hot and strong as they are. I thought the Braves would at least be somewhat defending their title. They do not look like the champions of last year. They don't, and they are going back to the state of Georgia with Gladys. I will go around the room. I have to save Mike for last, so this is his team. Um, Barry, I'll start with you first. Your thoughts on the break? We got to get in and out of these topics, y'all. We can't hang in here forever because we got a whole show, and I'm limited on time. Basically, were a victim of a bye. I thought they were playing some great baseball down the stretch, and then they took a week off, and I think they lost a little bit of that edge. I think, you know, Acuna getting hit by that pitch kind of – I think that deflated them a little bit. I think it kind of took them out of it, and um, they haven't recovered since. So, But, listen, give the Phillies credit. They played some great baseball down the stretch. Um, ever since they got rid of uh, Joe Girardi, they turned it on. Um, you know, Harper's having a – he had a really good series. They deserve the win. I, not the better team won, but the team that was playing better baseball at this time won, and that was the Phillies. Okay. Uh, Chandler, your thoughts on the Braves getting ousted by the Phillies, and the Phillies have been taking people by storm 
in this early portion of the National League postseason. Congratulations, Rob Thompson. Um, Dave Dombrowski finally did one thing right in running a team. Um, is he fired Girardi? And I love Joe Girardi, but Girardi was the wrong manager for this particular group. Um, but, Barry, A-L-I-B-I, we don't need no alibi, okay? I ain't trying to hear about no five-day layoff, trying to hear none of that. <laughs> the Phillies were better, period, end of story. Phillies were better. This is the Philly team that we actually expected to see. Um, this is the Philly team that Girardi was supposed to bring, okay, a team that doesn't quit, a team that does the right things, a team that moves, hits the ball, moves the ball, catches the ball, um, Rob Thompson deserves all the credit in the world for helping these young players develop and giving them confidence and belief that they belonged. Uh, this is all about the Phillies. I'm not trying to hear no alibis from the Braves. Uh, how's, that, how's that Matt Olson signing looking for you right now? <laughs> so, Mike, you are the resident Brave fan in the building. Uh, your thoughts on it coming to a quick end after trying to defend the title from last season? It's hard to repeat. Nobody's done it since 2000. At the end of the day, uh, Matt Olson wasn't the problem. Olson, Darno, and Acuna all three hit. The problem is you got nine spots in the lineup. The other six did not. Uh, Swanson, Riley, Harris, all these young guys that are uh, a part of the fabric of this team moving forward, uh, they did not hit. Their bats went cold. And listen, the Phillies outpitched them in the series. Uh, the Braves needed game one. You had your ace and Max Freed on the mound. And he was not able to get it done. Uh, he didn't pitch well. And so when you didn't win it with your ace, you, I mean, the Braves only had one game in which they really pitched well. The Phillies uh, outpitched them. They outhit them. Uh, listen, Atlanta uh, won game two to even the series. And then they uh, took the plane up to Philly and got spanked and sent home. Uh, that's what happened. Uh, that's how this turned out. Uh, the Phillies were the overall uh, – they were the hotter team at this time. Uh, Bryce Harper carried this team, and it's interesting because we expand for the first time to six teams, and we have the five and the six seeds against each other in the playoffs. Um, listen, the the, uh, the Braves had a very good season. Uh, they overcame the Mets, uh, a, a deficit of as far as ten and a half games. They were playing some good baseball down the stretch. But at the end of the day, I mean, in a short series, anything can happen, and this Phillies team just outplayed them. I mean, the Phillies deserve it. Uh, Braves go home, regroup, try again next year, man. Uh, you know, listen, uh, you know, you win with class, you lose with class. I tip my hat to the Phillies organization. This was a series that I was scared of in the first place. They were even through the first 12 this year. The Braves got five out of seven. Uh, in the last two series they played in the regular season, this is a Phillies team that I knew would match up pretty well. And quite honestly, other than the Braves playing well in game two, uh, this was not an extremely, uh, this was not an extremely competitive series. The Phillies did what they had to do and moved on. So congratulations to them for the first time in over a decade. They are uh, back to the National League Championship Series. I am tipping my hat to Bryce Harper. Um <laughs> When he came out from the, you know, the Vegas area, and he was one of the best batters you ever seen. It's like don't give him metal back because he'll just crush a boy. He's in 500 feet home runs. I still remember that. And it's like he never really could get off the ground, even though he he was getting his hits. He was hitting his bombs here or there, but never really could 
make it happen. And then what happened uh, when he got hurt this season, I never seen somebody break their hand and curse out respect to the other the pitcher. Like you always see somebody get hurt and they want to fight or go crazy. He's like, F it, man. You're cool. F, like going crazy. I'm like, yo, this dude is cool. <laughs> like, okay, Bryce Harper, I thought you were going to go crazy. I've seen him charge the mound before. Like, you know, we all have that. It's all fair and love and war. But right now, while this dude bounced back after his injury and is actually one of the pieces for these Phillies, uh, this is incredible that the Phillies are actually making this happen and advancing to an NLCS. Um, I tip my hat to what the Phillies are able to do at this point in time. Um, depending on if they are ready for it, this is interesting. Like, you don't know what's going to happen right now in the National League. If, <laughs> who is a no-namer. Well, not to say a no-namer, but, like, it wasn't who we thought. I thought the Dodgers would be the one to represent the National League. It's not. I thought that behind them would have been the Braves to defend their championship. It's not. It's the Padres and the Phillies out of nowhere getting it done to see who can represent the National League. This is one impressive fall classic. And uh, if the Guardians could knock off the Yankees, this would be even more stellar to see if the Guardians could put that pressure on the Astros, which I don't think they can. But at least it's here. Like, the storylines are building all across the board. But I'm going to get out of here off of this baseball because you guys are hungry. They are hungry. I don't know what to do with these people, and i got a lot to get to. Sports City, I'm going to apologize because of the love these guys have for the sport, especially for their doggone team. And and I've been trying to, you know, tell them it'll be okay, like like Meph told Mary that, you know, he needed her to do that for him because it's real. You know, it's real. It really is real. Okay, so we'll get to week seven in college football as best as I can, as quick as possible, so I can get to these thoughts, picks, and predictions for week six in the NFL. Top 25. Georgia takes care of Vanderbilt 55 nothing in the middle of Athens. The shocker of the day to me in a gunfight, Tennessee beats Alabama 52-49. to I'm stunned. I don't know if you're stunned, but we we could probably get into that quickly. Clemson takes care of business up against Florida State 34-28, to in which Clemson had a big lead on Florida State. Florida State started storming back to make this an interesting game. Michigan takes care of business up against Penn State 41-17. Utah upsets USC. 43 to 42 in a thriller in the middle of Utah. It's always one of those games in October. Utah stuns somebody. TCU pulls off another stunner up against Oklahoma State, 43 to 40. I thought OSU had it this year. They always fall off somewhere in the middle of the season and still end up with a double-digit win season, but they'll lose one or two games to mess up what they had created all off season. Ole Miss wins their matchup up against Auburn, 48 to 34. Syracuse. Knocks off North Carolina State 24-9, in which the quarterback for North Carolina State is knocked out for the season. He had a season-ending injury in this game. Kentucky upsets Mississippi State 27-17. In the middle of Lexington, Oklahoma finally comes up with a big win out of nowhere after getting shut out 49 nothing. They actually win their matchup up against Kansas 52-42, but don't forget Kansas did lose their quarterback for the season as well uh, due to injury. The next matchup we have, Texas beat Iowa State in a, a close one, 24-21. Illinois is now in the top 25, winning their matchup up against Minnesota, 26-14. And to round out the top 25, Georgia Southern with another victory up against a team that they probably shouldn't have, but James Madison is 25th ranked in the nation, lose to Georgia Southern, 45-38, in which earlier this season, Georgia Southern is the team that beat Nebraska that ended up getting Scott Frost fired. That win. So Georgia Southern deserves some credit if people don't know what they're up to. Um, 
I had to get out of there quickly as I possibly can. If there's a notable game that one of you guys would like to talk about, probably other than this Alabama-Tennessee game, we can try to do this as quick as possible. But we do have the NFL, and I didn't get to a game yet. So any of you want to talk about any college game before we get in and out of this one? You know we got to talk about Tennessee and Alabama, man. Come on. I know, I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to run. I mean, I'm trying to run. Real quick, though, CP, like Michigan, <laughs> Michigan just beat up Penn State. Shout out to Sirius. Yeah. Um, sorry yeah. about his boys. Like, I, I watched a little bit of that game. I didn't think Michigan would beat him up like that. They, he, they beat him up. Right. Yeah, oh, but we can know what – is is Mike? Mike is the guy from Louisiana that says, "Let's see, beat up the ruler, right?" Right there, you go. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna defer my time to the SEC king. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm gonna say a couple of things. Um, I, I questioned uh, what, what a shootout in in, in Knoxville. Uh, listen, uh, that team has no – Alabama has no wiggle room now. Tennessee maybe does. Uh, look out, Clemson's undefeated, by the way. Uh, but I, other than that, like, listen, it makes a difference having your quarterback back. Oklahoma played a little better yesterday. Uh, Kentucky wins. Uh, over Mississippi State, LSU beats Florida. But that was uh, – listen, what a shootout um, in Knoxville. Tennessee pulls that off 52 to 49 in a game in which they scored 101 uh, total points. But uh, listen, uh, the the days of, uh, of great defense by Nick Saban looks like uh, it might be a peril. Uh, now with the kneels and everything else, now you're starting to see the playing field even even out um, across college football. I think. Okay, anybody else? Well, Chandler, I know you said you wanted to talk about the uh, Tennessee-Alabama game before we get out of here. No, no, no. I, I tell you, I defer okay. my time to, to – Okay. How did, what the hell does he say? Let's see, beat up the ruler, right? Something like that. Okay, yeah, no, right. no, no problem. We're, we're, we're going to get rolling. I, yeah, TP, real, real, real quick, TP, I'm sorry, bro. Um, Tennessee, they can score on anybody. If they can score like that on Alabama, that, that's a scary offense. Okay, so for real. Look, Josh Heupel knew what to do, and I was saying this last year when Miami got blown out by Alabama in the, the kickoff classic in Georgia. To beat, to, uh, to beat Alabama, excuse me, you have to pass the ball. I understand that you've got to get the run game involved to get that defense to bite and respect the run game, but you've got to throw the ball. They influence to beat you up at the line of scrimmage. They do not want you to get a yard. They don't. But you got to understand, you got to leave it to that secondary to get beat. I don't care if you got to chunk them big or get what they give you, but the passing game has to be effective, and you got a quarterback in Josh Heupel that is running that system to a T in Tennessee. Knoxville got to be happy right now for them to be at the top of the SEC right now. They got to be. And um, to pose a threat to Georgia, to give Georgia all they can, even though I feel like Georgia and and the tight end – they're too much right now, but we will see when they get to match up. But Tennessee, that that's impressive. I have to give you your credit. Okay, so Real we quick, are going see, to see. get. Oh my Go go ahead, Mike, because I'm trying to hurry up and get into this uh, week six. Nah, I was just saying that's the last. That's the first time Tennessee has beaten Alabama since Saban took over as head coach. They hadn't beat him since 2006. 
Okay, so we are going to get into week six, everybody. <laughs> the call in number is nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine, and we are limited on time. I, I I want you guys to try to do this as best as you can. Even I know every last one of us, including myself, is analytical. The first matchup we have are the Forty ers coming across the country to go into the Mercedes Benz Dome up against the Atlanta Falcons. The Niners are favored by four in Georgia. Um, I'm I'm doing one person the game. I, I got to because there's a lot of us. Uh. Chandler, I'll let you start this one off. Niners or Falcons, this is in Georgia. Who do you like? Niners. Okay. The next matchup I have are the Patriots and the Browns. This is in Cleveland. The Browns are favored by two and a half up against William Belichick. Mike, your thoughts on this game? Who wins? Uh, Browns. I don't think the Patriots can stop them, and I think the Patriots are limited uh, still in what they can do offensively. So I'm going to take the Browns. Okay, so Barry, this is an interesting one, <laughs> and, and um, I don't know if Vegas is up to something, but this is, uh, and I don't, I, this is close. We have the Gang Green, New York Jets, going into Cheeseville, where the Cheeseheads of Green Bay are trying to redeem themselves after coming off of a loss up against the New York Giants in England. Who do you like in this matchup? The Packers are favored by seven and a half. Back. I'll take the points. I'll take plus seven and a half on the Jets, but I think the Packers will win by a field goal. Jets can score, though. Jets can score on anybody. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually won this game outright, but I think the Packers will get it, get it fixed at home. They'll run the football. Well, Barry's doing it. I'm going to do it. The next game I have, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going up against the Indianapolis Colts. This is taking place in Indiana, in which the Jaguars are getting a point and a half. I'm going with the Cats with one and a half to beat the Colts. The Colts are dealing with they, – they are dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, Naheem Hines with the concussion. Jonathan Taylor is out as well. Their run game is going to be in question today. Can Matty Ice get it done on his arm, or does the third and fourth string running back actually carry the mail for the Colts to get this done? I'm going with the Jags to get this done up against the Colts in Lucas Oil. The next matchup I have – the Vikings and the Dolphins. I'll come right back to you, Mike. Who do you like in this matchup? Minnesota at four and one, or the Dolphins at three and two? Minnesota favored by three on the road. Oh, is this me? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Vikings only because I don't trust the uh, Dolphins at the quarterback position. Um, so I'm going to say that the Vikings win in Southeast. Okay, uh, Barry, I'm coming to you on this next one. The Bengals are going into New Orleans up against the Saints. The Bengals are favored by three up against the Saints team. This is an interesting matchup. Um, I think this is going to be one offensive juggernaut type of game. Who do you like, Cincinnati or New Orleans with the red rifle? Uh, I'll lay the points. I think Cincinnati will steal this one. I really think the Saints' defensive line is going to get after Burrow, but I think the Bengals will pull it out late. Okay. Chandler, your thoughts? Ravens-Giants, this is taking place in MetLife. Interesting matchup. The Ravens are 3-2 and two at this point. The Giants are 4-1. and one. Baltimore favored by 5.5 in Jersey. Oh, man. I don't know. Um, I like Wink. I love Wink Martindale. Um, 
And I don't trust the Ravens' defense. I don't trust the Ravens' defense. Mm. I'm going to say Ravens, but uh, pick them. This is a pick them. (laughs) I'm taking the points, Chandler. I'm taking the points. (laughs) It's a pick them to me. Uh, I'm going to say Ravens, (laughs) but, dude, I would not be surprised if the Giants won. That's the scary part about it to me, too. I feel like the Giants can win this game. As much as I see Lamar on a tear, exactly what Chandler said, Baltimore's defense has been questionable. Can they stop at least Saquon Barkley? If they can stop Saquon Barkley, I think they can take care of this game. Uh, But nevertheless, the Giants have been putting together an interesting season at this point in time. So this is a tough one. I can't can't lie, but Vegas sees five and a half. Yes. Are you taking the points, TP? Are you taking the points? If I was to uh, yeah, if I was to get the points, yeah, I would I would take that with New York. I think this is gonna be a close one unless Lamar starts going crazy on y'all. That's gonna be another one. Um, Interesting. Buc- Buccaneers Steelers. Um, I'll take it. Get you guys out of the way on this one. I'm. <laughs> you you already know the song I got. <clears throat> There's a story of a guy named Brady, and they are they are favored by nine and a half in Pennsylvania. Like like this is this is bad. If Vegas sees them already going to win by double digits, I'm, I'm going at least Bucks to win to have fun with the points. I think the Buccaneers win by double digits. And if Vegas is playing around like this, they are getting people to see if they stay with the Steelers. I see, I see the Steelers' defense trying to make this impressive, but without T.J. Watt, they have not won a game. None? Like, it's tough. So, like, with the, the points, I feel like they might keep it within the realm, but I'll take my chances and say Brady can get this done. By double digit, I'm going with the Bucks, uh, Panthers, and Rams. I'll come to you on this one, Mike. Your thoughts on this matchup? As the Rams are trying to find their way, and so are the Panthers. Both are under 500. Who wins, Carolina or Los Angeles? Um, the Rams. I I do think they're still trying to find their way, and they're struggling. Uh, but I just think that this is probably a more talented team than than Carolina. So uh, Carolina's going with. Uh, P.J. Walker at quarterback today, XFL guy. I'll get it out eventually. So I'll go with the the Rams today. Chandler, your thoughts? Cardinals and Seahawks, this is in the state of Washington. Who do you like out of these birds, the red birds or the green and blue ones? I will keep picking against Geno Smith until he wins the damn Super Bowl. I'm going with the Cardinals. (laughs) <laughs> okay uh, Barry your thoughts on this one This is probably the game of the afternoon The Buffalo Bills going Into Arrowhead up against the Kansas City Chiefs who do you like in this matchup The Bills are favored by two and a half In Arrowhead Damn you gave me this game I knew you were going to give me this game um, This is I, I, <laughs> Oh man I'll, I'm taking the points Um I'm gonna no, you know what? I'm gonna lay the points. I think the Bills are gonna win this game. I, first, it's it's I don't know. It's a tough one. I go both ways like on this one. I think the Chiefs at home are are a good pick. I think the Bills are the better team. But I think for right now, I think the Bills. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the points. I think the Bills will win it by a field goal. Waiting all day for Sunday night. This is the game of the evening. The day 
the NFC East is on the line right now. We have the Dallas Cowboys at 4-1 and one with an impressive defense so far going into Philly, Philly, Mm-hmm. Phillies, where they are from. The Eagles are 5-0, and the only team left unbeaten at this point in time. I'm going to say the Eagles continue to roll. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys can go into Pennsylvania and get it done. Um, something I feel the Cowboys can win if their defensive line could continue to get home. I think it can be a struggle for Jalen Hurts to try to, you know, make it an impressive game by scrambling. I think Dallas's defense may be ready to close him up, but if they can't, it's always tough to stop the 11th guy. I want to see if Michael Parsons' injury from last week doesn't bother him because he's going to need every last bit of his wheels going after a guy like Jalen Hurts. But I'm going with Philly at home. They are favored by damn near a touchdown, six and a half. That's close enough. I'm going with the Eagles. Okay. I need plugs and closeouts from each of you and your pick. On the Monday night matchup from each of you, the Broncos are going up against the Chargers. I apologize, everybody in the the sport world. We are having to deal with a Broncos team that has not been able to entertain us. We have just been watching them field goal us to death or just coming up with three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. So I need at least the guys here that have been cooking and eating as much as possible in this doggone kitchen to give me their plugs and closeouts as we shut the doors here. Villain, I'll let you set this off. Give me anything that you'd like to plug and promote and your thoughts on this game between the Broncos and the Chargers. My thoughts is the game sucks. Um, listen, get to the website, uh, sportscitychefs.com. TP, always a pleasure doing the show with you, Mike and Chandler. Uh, we got to talk baseball soon. Um, my Yankees are going to keep me up at night. If I have to pick a winner, I'll pick the Chargers, but the game's going to suck. You know, I, I'm so over the Broncos right now. Wilson's killing my team. Uh, get to the website. We got a lot of things cooking. Thanks, guys. I apologize. That's happening to him. And like I said, I'm not crying. They're crying. But he's crying in baseball. But that's why he's asking for a little help. He needs a little consolation from the people. But that's that's still my brother, nevertheless. I got, got to. I got to save him, man. I, I feel like I'm Thor. My name starts with a T. And he's Loki. Let let him be Loki. Let let, let that happen. We could do that. That better be Loki. Okay. So, Chandler, I need a plug. Close out anything that you like to promote and your thoughts on the Monday night matchup between the Broncos and the Chargers for the AFC West. Well, um, Russell's going to ride. Um, I think Ooh. we see Monday night Russell. I'm going with the Broncos. And, Mike, I know I've been messing with you, but let me see if I get this right. Laissez bon ton roulette. Very close. <laughs> I got it. I know how to say 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 it. Hey! Okay. What, uh, you, you pick anything else you want to say, Chandler, before we get out of here? No, that's it. Okay, okay. Well, well Mike, you, you, you're the professional at it. Uh, your thoughts on the game between the Broncos and the Chargers, and give me a closeout as well. So I know I'm in Iowa now. I grew up in Louisiana. Got southern roots. But right now, I'm from the state of Missouri, Russ. You got to show me, dog. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers uh, because I haven't seen anything um, that remotely speaks competence from this Denver Broncos offense. So I'm going to go with the Chargers uh, tomorrow night until Russ proves me wrong. Um, Hey, listen, shout out to LSU beating Florida last night and also shout out to Devin Haney who looked very good. Uh, went back to Australia and uh, defended his uh, unified title. So, shout out to him as well. 
Listen, shout out to PHI Apparel. Get your stuff from them. Uh, Phillies are riding high. Eagles still last team undefeated. Flyers and uh, Sixers getting in action. So lots of need for that Philly clothing. Check out PHIapparel.co. Put in chefs at checkout. Get 15% off. Uh, man, much love to UTP, man. Without you, I wouldn't be here. Respect to the other chefs. Uh, Ville and Barry, uh, Tanner, man, always a pleasure to share space with you. Uh, listen, I'm looking forward to uh, an exciting NFL Sunday, bro, and the only uh, consolation I have with my team going down yesterday is that my Tigers won and the Dodgers lost, and so Freddie Freeman's going home uh, the same day that the Braves are. But in the meantime, in between time, uh, check out the Barbershop on Clubhouse. Check out SportsCityChefs.com. The blog, the finger foods, all the different things we got going on. We got a Tuesday show, the NFL Free For All, the Callers Cookout on Wednesday night, Crossover Cafe coming back soon. So uh, continue to be part of us. And remember, you can also listen to us on your smart speakers. But as they say in the South, man, and Louisiana, bro, laissez-les-bon-temps-roulés. Peace, man. I'll talk to you later this week. And I got it. I've been saying it lately, too. I, I know how to do it. I know how to do it. Um, I don't have to plug anything because Barry – and Michael do the best that they can to close that out for me. I don't have to say too much more. Russ, I love you, man. I ain't going to back away from you, man. I always got to stay on pat with my brothers, man. But you have not shown me anything, and I've been going through hell and high water defending you, including people around the barbershop saying that you are no better than Trent Dilfer. I, I, I got into a real heated argument this week. I apologize. Russ, prove me right. I'm going to go with the Chargers, though, because I'm tired of defending you and you're looking bad right now. That offense has not gotten over 20 points in some time or whatever. Prove it, Russ. Prove it. You got 245 million reasons why. 245 million reasons why. I'm, I'm going with the Cardinals. Stay tuned. Everything we got going on, Sports City, we are in the middle of October. This bird month is getting crazy. The fall classic is a pandemonium. The Yankees are on the brink. Ha, 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 ha. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs. Kaboom! Sports city chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, bloom like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City, Chef, you, Chef, you. Sports City, Sports City, Chef, you, Chef, you. Yeah. Cabby. Todd. Woo! Connecticut. Uh. <laughs>